This is a Liverpool Echo podcast on Anfield Plus, the home of your daily podcasts, bringing you the inside track from Liverpool FC. Hello, my name is Paul Wheelock and welcome to a special Liverpool Echo podcast with Rotherham United footballer and Liverpool FC fan John Taylor. Uh, big thanks to John for coming in on a bank holiday Monday and just two days before Rotherham make the trip to Goodison Park to take on Everton in the AFL Cup. John, you're well, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. Well, I'm also joined by my Echo colleague, Paul Philbin, the man behind this podcast and someone who, who goes back a long way with John, if I'm correct, Paul. Yeah, that's right. We um, we went through school together uh, from the ages of four or five and right through and I got to play alongside him quite a lot as well in the uh, school teams. He's a brilliant footballer. Always knew he was going to make it. Yeah, 100% from day one. I We had some good players in our skill sides, but he was the standout player. He was unbelievable, like, and he was always good for the goal. And John, what, what was Paul like then? Paul was very good. Obviously, I'm not the biggest of players. I'm quite small, but Paul was always big. He was obviously only five or six aside at the time when we were younger, and uh, we were flying on our team. Our school team was quality, won the treble. Um, Paul used to play in midfield and no one could get past him. And we'll have a lot of listeners, obviously, from Liverpool first and foremost, a lot of listeners from around the world on these podcasts because obviously the size of the club that Liverpool is. But who, which schools did you go to and which kind of clubs or, you know, where, you know, county size did you play for? It was it was Roby Park Primary School um, in Heighton and we were the first team to ever win the, the Merseyside treble, which was the league. And I can't remember the cup names, but... The last game we played another primary school called Malvin in the cup final and it ended 3-2 and we were 2-1 down with about 5-6 minutes to go and we equalised and then a minute later John scores the winner (laughs) (laughs) to like make history we were the first team to do that treble I think to this day we're still the only primary school to ever do that so it's quite good Um, but and then when we moved up to secondary school, we played uh, went to Bowden, and the school team was still a good school team, but we didn't we didn't win anything. We, yeah, we didn't <laughs> win. <laughs> we had <laughs> we had, we had win the game. no, we had really good players um, who were at clubs, but <laughs> our primary school, everyone went to different schools, like some went to Blue Coat and then whatnot. So we couldn't really take that core across with us to um, our secondary school. The the only shame was I never got to play with John like in a Sunday league team. Um, my dad was the manager of the primary school team, and the amount of times he would try and uh, persuade his mum and dad to <laughs> let him play for it, like uh, it was a team called the Mags, but he couldn't because he was signed up with Wigan, and it would have been great to. <laughs> so many Sunday league teams wanted him because of how good he was. Like he had a reputation at such a young age, but unfortunately it didn't happen. What was that like, mate? You know, you know, you obviously talented footballer then as well. Was it frustrating not being able to play with your mates? Um, it was, yeah, definitely. Obviously, um, I think I was playing for Wigan when I was like nine. So um, I used to go and watch me mates play all the time. They all used to play together. Um, used to go and watch them. Used to think, oh, I'd love to go and play with them. Everyone wants to play with the mates when they're younger, don't they? I can remember going to watch us against. Uh, can't remember who it was, but it was at a, at a stadium. I think it was Everton Reserves Team Stadium at the time. I can remember that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I witness. It was in witness, yeah, it was Evans Reserve Team Stadium at the time. And um they had, it was a final and they got all like a coach of all the lads going up to watch it and all the all the girls from the school were going to watch it and <laughs> that. And I can remember I was one of them going to watch it and watching all them play and I was gutted that I couldn't play with them in the final there, that would have been great. But um obviously there was the school boys that 
I used to love playing for the schoolboys, heighten schoolboys. And then when I got to 13, 14, changed to nosy schoolboys. But um, they were probably one of the, the most enjoyable teams I've played for. Um, obviously, I take away the professional teams, like playing for Heighton and Nosy Schoolboys representing the counties and all. I used to love it. Um, for Nosy, we won the treble. Uh, that's never been done before, neither. We beat Liverpool in two finals and beat them in the league in our age group, and that's never been done before. And I still speak to a few of the lads there now. And that was just quality that over them two years really enjoyed them. Yeah, and we'll get, get into your career on this podcast, you know, from Wigan to where you are now with Rotherham. But first and foremost, how much are you looking forward to this Everton game in the League Cup on Wednesday night? I'm so excited when I've seen it. Um, well, I didn't see it. I just remember, I think I was playing golf at the time. Just getting loads of text through sent to me and that, saying, can can you believe in that? And I was thinking, what's this about? <laughs> I didn't even know that throw was happening for the next round of the Cup. And then I um, think um, it was our Carl, my cousin, texted me saying, lad, you're playing at Goodison. <laughs> and I was like, I was just so excited, made up, I've never played at Goodison or Anfield before. It's going to be massive for me and my family, really, because everyone wants to, when you grow up around by ours, you want to play at these stadiums. So I can't wait for it. Yeah, the family, like many on their side, it first says mixed between blue and red. <laughs> yeah, definitely in my family. Uh, my brothers, I've only got one brother. Um, he's an Evertonian. I support Liverpool. When I was growing up, my cousin, who we just spoke about then, Carl, um, he's a big Evertonian. He used to try and get me to change and support Everton. And I was up for it. And I remember that then, my brother um, used to hammer me, never letting me change, you know. And then when he moved into um, second school, all his mates supported Everton, used to go to games and turn them to support Everton. So now we support Everton, I support Liverpool. So it was weird the way it's happened, but yeah. Paul, I bet there's a lot of lads around your way you'll have vested interest on Wednesday night. Well, not not just because it's John wanting to do well, well but because it is. There will be, yeah. And I can remember, this is going to sound a bit weird, but I can remember being sat in the pub um, one Saturday afternoon in the Stanley, which is not far from where we both uh, grew up. And I think it was, the t- you scored your first Shrewsbury goals. I think you scored two on the day. Yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. yeah um, and it come up on soccer Saturday, Shrewsbury, John Taylor. And... There was a few lads in the pub, and normally you'd be like, with footballers, it's Taylor scored. And everyone was like, John scored. <laughs> <laughs> so there's going to be a lot of interest um, around like Heighton. And I, when that draw happened, the first thing I thought of was, lad, I went to school, we're going to be playing it, go to there. And I think it was a day or two after the draw, mate, um, I said to you, we need to sort something out. Yeah. And worked on it, and luckily got him in for the podcast, which is quite nice. Yeah, you're there now, and you've started pretty well. You know, people who may not be aware, Rotherham, you won promotion back to the championship yeah. last season. You've you've won a couple of home games. How's it going so far back in the championship? Yeah, we know it's not going to be an easy season. Um, there's some great teams in the championship, uh, great standard. Uh, we haven't got the um, the biggest of budgets, obviously, in, in the championship. But um, what we have got is we've got a great team spirit. We've um, we got promoted together last year, and uh, the gaffers kept that. I kept all the team together. That's what he wanted. He he likes all the lads to be all good, all good people, and all get on with each other. And I think if if we're gonna do well, it's gonna be through that, all working hard, all um, enjoying it together, working hard for each other, and um, just having a great team spirit. That's yeah. what'll get us through the season. Hopefully, if we stay up. It'll be down to that. Touched on it there. It's been a bit of a roller coaster, hasn't it? Two years with the club, straight into the championship, came down straight back again. But you've not had the time to catch your breath at times. No, no. Obviously, if. Um, First season in the championship with the with the Rotherham was very hard. Um, the team we didn't have what I've just talked about. Then we didn't have that team spirit. There was a, f- a lot of individuals. 
we knew we weren't going to do well. We was we were going out some games thinking, are we going to get beat two or three nil here today? Do you know what I mean? We knew we weren't going to win. Um, but we had we got rid of a few bad eggs there or whatever. Got promoted last year and had a, had a great season together. We're all good mates in that team. We can go into training every day. We enjoy it. Uh, there's not many places you go into training every day and enjoy it. Um, in or out of the team, everyone sticks together and gets everyone through in that. So this season in the Championship, we know it's not going to be easy, but we... Um, We'll just do everything that we know that we're good at and um, enjoy it. And what a way to win promotion last season. Wembley, playoff final against your former club, Shrewsbury. Uh, um, obviously, I would have liked it to be against another team. I was hoping that Shrewsbury would have got up automatically and finished in the top two spots, but it wasn't meant to be for them. Um, yeah, um, the playoffs, uh, the semi finals, uh, scored against Scunthorpe there um, in the first leg. That was an amazing feeling, scoring in the playoffs to, to help the team get to. So the playoff final at Wembley um, was amazing. And we thank, uh, thankfully we got through to the final. Um, got all the family to come down. We had a coach full of, well, two coach fulls from from Whiten coming down. All the family, then all my mates and my brother and all his mates and that uh, coming down. It was a great day for everyone, but especially for myself, but for all my family as well. That's going to live in their memories. My mum and dad have travelled all around the country following me to every home and away game. But to come and watch the, the son play at Wembley must have been unbelievable for them. I can remember um, going up after we'd won, seeing them in the, the stand, and they were so happy. It was just amazing to see them so happy. I was going to ask about that. I was going to say, what was the first thing you thought of when the full time whistle went, and you was like, "Oh, we're going up here." Yeah, it's just it was just it was just amazing. I can remember just thinking, thinking, um, it's one game, it's one game. You're either going up into the championship and playing against all these big teams, or you're staying in League One. It's literally. It went to extra time as well, so it could have went to penalties and you know what penalty shootouts are like. It's it's mad, but yeah, when that final whistle went and we we had won, is it probably didn't sink in really for a couple of days afterwards because we were out partying for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, once it sunk in, you realised that yeah, you're in the championship now. You need to have a good few weeks, but then you need to start working hard again because we you know it's going to be hard. So it was just amazing. What what was it like as a player? Because there must be a lot of pressure with a, a game like that before a cup final, before a playoff final. It's worth millions of pounds to a club. Does that weigh heavy on your your yeah. mind as players a bit, or just the manager and you know coaches trying trying to distract all that? Yeah, they do definitely. But I think every player is differently. Some players can play and not feel any pressure at all. Where other people play and feel loads of pressure. Where I'm I'm a bit of both. I like a bit of pressure on me. I don't mind it. I don't get I don't get scared or nervous or anything like that when I was a kid I, I used to but um, I, I love a bit of pressure on me I don't mind I don't mind at all I like proving people wrong or, or whatever but um, that game because it is such a massive game you don't want to do anything wrong because you could cost your team the club the fans your families like it's a big thing getting promoted isn't it so yeah in, in a game like that you just don't want to do anything wrong but the weather was it was roasting yeah, I can remember me having the driest mouth ever before the game <laughs> even kicked off <laughs> It was um, it weren't the best of games. Um, it weren't a good games to play in really. But it, like you said, it's, it's all about the results. And luckily, we got the um, got the results. You talked about proving people wrong. I know you beat Wigan in the last r- round in the FL Cup. Did you, you know, when you have to get let back, get go by them as a as a kid, as a teenager? Did you always think I want to prove to to them that I'm going to make it as a, as yeah, a footballer? Yeah, definitely. Because I used to love Wigan, and um, that was a big part of my life. I was there for seven years. Um, I used to end up supporting the club. I used to love it. I used to. On me Saturdays off, um, my dad used to take me to the to the home games so I could be ball boy. Like he used to give up his Saturdays just so I could go and be ball boy at the games, and seeing him um, play uh, Wigan playing in the Premiership against all these big teams, it was good to go and watch. 
But um, yeah, I was there for seven years. I, I always thought I was going to get a scholarship. Um, I was always one of the better players, always done well in that. But once it come down to it, went in for the meeting to find out whether he was getting a scholarship. I didn't even come to me back in my head that I weren't going to get one. And then when they told me I wasn't getting one, it was it was horrible. I don't think I went to school for a few days. I was crying. Um, it, it really hurt me bad because I used to love the club. But once they say no to you, that's it. You've just got to move on. And I think moving to Shrewsbury, um, I moved away when I was 15. Lived there for a couple of years playing for them. I think it was the best thing that happened to me. Um, so obviously it was bad news to take at the time, but... Now it's worked out. It's definitely worked out for the best. Shows strength of character that, doesn't it? Though you know, fifteen, sixteen year old having to to get take that news and then, as you say, within a couple of days, pick yourselves up and then go to a you know yeah. a place further away from home, completely new surroundings. Yeah, definitely. There's so many good footballers out there that um, get this rejection and just kills them. Um, but there's, it's like we were speaking before. Football's all about opinions. That's just one opinion. Like there's so many football teams. You just need to get the. Um, get the right manager, coach that likes you and just got to take that chance there and then. Yeah, Paul, were you saying, was it, was it something to do with your, your height? Yeah. Is that, that's just crazy, isn't it? It is, because if you look now, like it's turned um, a lot more technical, so there's loads of technical footballers out there now who, who get away with it being small and that, but yeah, at the time, getting told you, you was um, too small. I can remember um, my granddad went well at the time, he was on chemo, and he used to have these build-up uh, build milkshakes, and um, he used to say to me, don't worry about being small. Get these down, yeah. You'll get you get stronger. <laughs> so I remember used to um, just I remember just drinking them milkshakes, thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna be small, but I'm gonna get strong." And that's something that, like, when I'm playing now, I don't think, "Oh, I'm only I'm small. Me, these are gonna be bigger and stronger than me." I take it as, like I said before, like I'll prove them wrong. I'm only small, but coming for a tackle with me, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump out the way or anything like that. I'll go in just as hard and. It's just, just a strong, do you know what I mean? So that's something I've had to learn when I'm playing in the the, the men's game when I was like 17, 18, not to let them um, try and bully me in a way. So Must that was definitely a big learning curve as well. You can tell you some height and can't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Facing the tackle. Well, you must have a lot of refracted pride, wasn't you? You know, you say your dad used to coach John Aaron stories like that. Yeah, mate. yeah, oh, it's amazing. Because um, like, we've known each other for years and like we were good mates in school and great to catch up with him now and you want people to do well like no matter what like people you went to school with you always want to see being successful luckily there's a lot of people who i went to school with who've been successful and john's one of them so seeing that and the hard work that he's put in and getting the chance to play goodison park in the league cup in front of family his friends and whoever i'm really proud of him it's quite nice the it's happening and he's going to be heavily involved you'd imagine in the game it's great Uh, going back to the height thing it's crazy it's such an English thing isn't it the height thing because if Mohamed Salah was English Iniesta Messi they'd probably got they're probably getting told oh no you're not good enough and they're right up there like at the elite level so height is it's just a ridiculous thing to ever be judged on as a footballer. If you're good enough, you're good enough. Is it changing at all? Do you think you think yeah, it's changing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I haven't heard many of them stories happen um, in the last few years or whatever. So yeah, I think definitely that's changing. Yeah, good. You've never looked back anyway. You no. know, you you went from Wigan to Shrewsbury, uh, then to Peterborough, and yep. then to to Rotherham, where you're the club record signing. 
how does that feel as a as a footballer? You know, you you make your big move and you're the most expensive player in the club's history. Yeah, I can remember um, doing my first interview and uh, the interview last when I signed at Rotherham. Obviously, it's um, it's any pressure on you now um, being a record signing, and the answer is no. That's got nothing to do with me. Um, doesn't matter how much I've been bought for or anything like that. No, no matter what I got bought for, I'm I'm me. So I just go there and do as, as well as I could do. I'd never, never. Um, not work hard that's just if I didn't work hard I wouldn't be as good as I am because I've got to work hard to be good so yeah that'll, that'll never come away from me I'll always um, work as hard as I can and if, if some games you're not doing that well you can't control that but as long as you're working as hard as you can then that's all you can do An Anfield Plus podcast from the Liverpool Echo An Anfield Plus podcast from the Liverpool Echo Alan Stubbs, big blue, obviously another fella from round there signed you. Unfortunately, he lost his job, didn't he, within a few months. What's that like? You know, like, club record signing, manager who brought you in, obviously wants you, and then a few months later, he's not there. Yeah, I love Stubbsy. Um, I thought he was excellent. I remember texting him when he was gone, saying, thank you very much for um, signing me, and I'm gutted that it hasn't worked out for us. But, like I said, at the start of the thing, yeah, we had a few um, players there who didn't want to work hard and didn't want to do the, the hard work, so... If he was, if there was different timing for him, he he didn't get to bring in many of his own players, and there was players there that we didn't bring in, so we had to deal with that. But um, it was hard for him. He was obviously losing most weeks, and he got the um, he lost his job through that. Um, it's difficult for managers because players can't just lose their jobs um, as easy as the managers can. I think some managers get the get the blame, but I've always said the players are going out to play, no matter. The, no matter who the manager is, you're going out to do the job. You should be able to do the job. Yes, yeah, it's, it's almost like par for the course, unfortunately, isn't it, for football? The manager losing the job, speculation over your future, transfer speculation. Is it just something you have to grow accustomed to, almost? Yeah, definitely. Um, like you see at the at the um, start of most seasons, within like f- five, five, six games, whatever it was last year or the year before, so many managers have been sacked. But you, like, it takes time for for the um, teams to bond and and gel and. To become to become good, so I think it's hard to manage at the minute. Yeah, Paul, what, what do you reckon, mate? You know, we're probably all guilty of it. You think like football is a robot, aren't you? But the people behind it, and the, you don't mm. always see this, do you? No, as, as a fan, all. what's actually going on behind the scenes? Uh, I agree with John. The first thing fans want get rid of the manager. When sometimes the, the players are also the problem. I look at Sunderland as like the perfect example. For years, they've struggled. Manager after manager after manager, things haven't changed. What's the the common denominator? The players. So looking at that and an attitude thing, it, it doesn't. You don't even need to get rid of the players. Maybe it could be just have a word with them, get get the mentality right, and it can work well. Seeing people lose their jobs, it's not great, is it? No, no matter what, whether you're a millionaire, whether you're on minimum wage, it, losing your job is still losing your job. But going back to the uh, the Alan Stubbs thing, I've just looked through my Twitter. I can remember 3rd of August and I sent a tweet out saying a fella from Kirby signed the lads from Heighton to play in the championship. Yeah. Like, quite like a nice sense of pride there. Um, but, yeah. That, I can remember like when John signed for Rotherham. I was um, I was stopped by the, a bus stop uh, by um, the Met Quarter. Somebody texted me, I've only seen John sign for Rotherham. I was like, oh. As he uh, looked and <laughs> thought, and 
saw it had been uh, retweeted a few times on my timeline, which was quite nice. But yeah, I made up for him. And what he said then was absolutely spot on about the the players and yeah. the managers. It's transfer deadline day this week, isn't it? I know the Premier League's changed this time around. It's <laughs> earlier in August. What's it like being a player? You know, you you've been subject to moves, haven't you? What's it like when you're at the centre of that speculation about which teams want you and and what for? Yeah, I think obviously you have a um, bit of an inkling whether you you're going to be getting a move or not. Where I think obviously this season for me, like I haven't had to worry about to have my phone on loud. That I know I'm staying at Rotherham this year. My head's uh, focused on the job at Rotherham, but some players. Because aren't they've got to be worrying about having their phone on loud? Their phone could be ringing any minute. They could be got, need to go up and down the country, and it must be exciting for for them and the families. You know what I mean? Um, it is an exciting time, the window for um, for for the players, for for managers, and for the fans. Right? Um, it's exciting stuff. Everyone loves watching the transfer deadline day. But um, yeah, I've never really had my um, time at Peterborough. I knew I was moving, so at the end of that that season, I was coming. In pre-season was just finishing and my phone rang two three days before the first game of the championship season and it was um it was Barry Fry and he was like John um you're going mate and I was like where <laughs> and he was like Rotherham we've done the deal you're going so I rang my agents and I was like I am going you know and he was like where and he was like I went Rotherham and he was like I haven't, I haven't spoke to them I was like, oh, <laughs> it's done so it's done so you, you better ring them but yeah, that's the only time really on like towards the deadline day that um, I've I've moved. But I had a, I knew I was going, and that was just two days before the first game of the season. So it went the deadline day. I wanted it to be done before the first game of the season, so I could start the first game of the season. But yeah, I've never really been involved in like late 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 transfers. But it must be so exciting. That's yeah. interesting what he's just said that the the agent didn't know because from the outside looking in, you think that oh, they, they talk to the clubs. Then the agent does everything like af- after speaking to the player, but there, the agent had nothing to do with it at all. It's like nobody really knows what's going on behind, do they? Like everyone thinks they do, and you know, it's, the, tr- well, the truth is different. Yeah, yeah, like. it, completely. And I think the only people who despise the transfer window and transfer deadline day are journalists. <laughs> it is such a stressful <laughs> few days in work, but other than that, I, like I, I was convinced myself that it was. Club talk, then the club talks to the player and the agents, and then they go from that. But that, where it was done without the agent really having a say, is quite interesting, I thought. Yeah, I, I've covered football clubs similar to the level you're at now, John, and you do see two sides of the game, like where you, exactly that story right. you just said, Dan, and we're all football fans here, aren't we? Right. And we expect loyalty completely from the players, and if they leave, you know, you're probably slagging them off or booing yeah. them, Wendy was saying. The truth's a bit different, isn't it? You know, like clubs can move you on almost like in that respect there you know if, yeah, if you're definitely. not wanted or you can make a profit on you yeah. you're an employee at the end of the day aren't you yeah um, I was obviously I'd signed Peter a three-year deal um, so my first two years had finished I finished the second season with 13 goals in league uh, in league one I scored against West Brom home and away in the in the FA Cup um, and that was on BBC Sport no it was on um, West Brom West Brom yeah, yeah. West Brom in the FA Cup and that yeah I had a very good season Um so if Peter would have kept me for the next year, I would have been able to go on a free. So me and the, my agents on the club, Peter knew that I was going to go at the end of that season anyway because for them to buy me from Shrewsbury and then to let me go on a free doesn't make sense for them. Football's business at the end of the day. So um, obviously I'd had a good season and um, the club wanted to cash in on me as well because if, like I said, they left it for another year, I would have been able to go on a free. So in that case, it worked perfect on both parties. I get to go and play in the championship at Rotherham 
and um, they got money for me as well. Probably doing our research, Paul knows you're inside <laughs> out, obviously, before there was always that speculation about Scotland when you were a kid as well. Yeah. Did, did that ever come close to fruition? Yeah, uh, when um, I broke through Shrewsbury, um, I can remember I was in the youth team, um, and the first team wanted to turn Paul Simpson was getting me um, to team with the first team and all, which was excellent. We used to go up, team with the first team, we used to love it. Then he used to get me involved in the pre season games, and I was doing really well. And then um, I regularly become training with the first team all the time. And um, he put me on when I was still a, uh, still a youth team player. Um, Chesterfield away around Christmas time. Uh, we were winning 1-0. Went down to 10 men and he put me on. And like I said, I was only about 5 foot 6 at the time. If you find the picture now, you'll see it. My kit is massive on me. <laughs> um, I look about 14. But um, yeah, he put me on 10 men. And I can remember the players thinking, what's, what's happening here? Where are you going, <laughs> going down to 10 men? Where, where, are you, where are you going on? <laughs> he put me on in the hole. And um, must have went one up front, but we on the all. I can remember the few of the players going, John, you should be left mid. And I was going, oh, he's put me on there. They were flipping at me to go, go <laughs> wide. I was going to be told them in the all. And it was, um, it was, yeah, it was stressful. We ended up winning the game 1 0. And it was, I remember making my debut there, and it was unbelievable. But um, yeah, so I broke through there, first team there, and then played a few games for the first team, scored a few goals. I ended up getting Football League Player of the Month, um, Young Player of the Month. Um, I had a good season and then when that season finished I was out of contract um, and obviously if you're under 20 I think it's 23 or 24 if you're out of contract and you want to go to another club someone has to pay a fee for you but the case was uh, I could go to Scotland for free so my agent at the time was um, basically trying to get me a move to Scotland and I was obviously younger than just broke through the first team only played a few games I didn't really know what was going on didn't, I hadn't made my mind up at all um, and he was saying got all these clubs wanting you um, giving you obviously more money and stuff like that getting she managers to ring me and put me under pressure saying do you want to come and play against Celtic and Rangers in front of 40,000 people or do you want to go and play against in League 2 again uh, in front of 1,500 people and stuff like that I was like trying to sway me out a bit but um, I remember going to Shrewsbury Stadium speaking to the chairman who I still speak to now I love him he's a great guy and um, having a meeting with them, and I went in basically to tell them I was leaving, just to say thank you very much for all you've done, but I'm leaving kind of thing. And then I remember just looking out at the stadium. I remember looking out and just thinking, I don't want really want to be going to Scotland. I'm only young. Um, I want to stay and play football. And um, like luckily for me, I t- I was brave and took the the decision on me myself and done it without my agent and end up signing a shoes being tell my agent basically to. I'm leaving him as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, bad day for him, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, so it was a bad day for him, but at the same time, it was definitely the right decision because he was trying to make me sign a contract for the team in Scotland, which in, in, in the car park of Shrewsbury before I even went to Scotland to see the club, see the manager, see the surroundings, see where I'm going to be living. I'm only a young lad and stuff like that. But yeah, it, was, it definitely worked out for the best. Um, ended up staying at Shrewsbury for a few years, got promoted with them, having the best time of my life there, living there. Brought me on as a player, like, um, amazingly. Played loads of games for them, and um, I loved it there. Speaking of Scotland, one of your big mates in the game, Conor Goldson, yeah. captain of Rangers under Stephen Gerrard, obviously Liverpool legend, maybe perhaps the greatest Liverpool player of all time. How's he finding life up there? He absolutely loves it. Um, text him all the time, speak to him all the time. Um, he's absolutely loving it. But from what I'm hearing from everyone else, is everyone's loving him. He's doing unbelievable out there. He's making a big name for himself. He's absolutely quality player. He should have played more 
at Brighton really, but he was in a bit of a hard, hard uh, position because Duffy and Dunkey both playing there, and they're two excellent players as well. So he was basically behind them, but he had definitely played with them, hundred percent. He's quality. Um, he had a heart operation, so that set him back a bit. Um, so he's out the team for that. Um, but he's come back from that now, and he's playing every week at Rangers. Um, absolutely loving life, and like you said, under Steven Gerrard, he's a Liverpool fan himself. So for him to, to be playing under him, he's a passionate lad himself. He loves it. So yeah, he's made up. Brilliant. Talk about Liverpool. That's all right. So obviously, you're, yeah. you're a fan before you were a footballer, and you, you, football's your life and your career now. But you still get a chance to to watch the Reds when you can. The only time I've been to Anfield really is when I went when I was a kid. Wigan playing Liverpool. Um, went to watch Wigan play Liverpool and then I went to watch Connor last game of the season last year Brighton played Liverpool at Anfield last game of the season so I went to watch him play and luckily he come on and got to see him play at Anfield as well but um, yeah the atmosphere there when I was there was unbelievable but you don't I've been playing footy since I was a kid so all my weekends have been took up from playing myself so never really had time to go and watch watch as much as I would have liked but when you do get the chance I'd definitely go yeah, and watch them on TV or you watch them in that Brighton yeah, game frightening yeah. those wingers aren't they oh yeah, the quality but like, they're unbelievable to watch I think Liverpool a team if you win or losing they're, they're a great team to watch they're exciting and uh, I love the way they attack and the quality I think glory this year maybe the title or a cup for Klopp's first trophy hopefully yeah um, I'd like to think so obviously we all want them to do, to do well and win trophies but yeah like I said I just, I just love watching them play they're, they're a great team to watch so would the dream be beat Everton Wednesday night at Goodison, then Anfield in the uh, the third <laughs> round after that? Because oh, Liverpool yeah. coming after Europe. <laughs> that would be definitely be a dream for me, but I don't think I'd be that lucky to be fair. To playing <laughs> against two two of the uh, teams in Liverpool, um, both at their stadiums, I don't think me and my family are that lucky. Both. You played at the Emirates, didn't you? Yeah, I played at the Emirates yeah. when we last uh, Shrewsbury played them at um, at their place, and um, I've played at Wembley, but I'd love to play at Liverpool. On Everton. In Championship now, just some massive football clubs, aren't there? You're going to be playing at this year, yeah, Villa and the likes, like ex Premier League clubs, aren't they? It's like a Premier League two almost now. It is, yeah. Mm. There's some huge teams there, yeah. And going to play at these stadiums, it's quality. Yeah, Paul, so on Wednesday night, are you going to sit in the Gladys Street? No, <laughs> no, 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 I'm going to try and get down um, and watch him and. I really hope he scores at the Gladys Street. Just before we wrap up, though. Because I've threatened to get this on a podcast with Paul Philbin many a time, but it's probably the best time to do it now because pro football, the championship play with us as well. VAR is being used for the first time at Goodison on uh, on Wednesday night. So a bit of a history there, isn't it? Uh, what do you make of it first, John, as a footballer? You know, are you happy that it's going to be? It looks like it's coming into the game. I generally haven't even thought about it, and I don't really have an opinion on it. To be honest with you, um, I don't know whether it'd be good or bad. Um, I'll just be a sheep and follow everyone else, to be honest with you. Uh, I'll let Paul answer that. <laughs> yeah, I think he's got an opinion. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I have, yeah. <laughs> uh, what John just said there is quite interesting because he hasn't had to really think about it. Not many footballers have had to. And with the, with the players, I think you'll only get a real sense of it once you're involved in the yeah, game. Once, yeah. once it happens in the game and if you're waiting now for a minute or two and you're like, what's going on? Because... Nobody really has a clue what's going on, apart from the referee who's got people in his ear talking, and if he really needs it, to go and look at the screen that's in the tunnel. My my view is that it kills football. Like I've spoke to you many a time. Well, you at the West year. Brom game. The West Brom game year. in the Cup. Um, I've never been so bored at a football match 
think in the first 20 minutes it was like four decisions went to VAR and worked it out it was like six six and a half minutes of the game just like coming up with the decision so I was like oh sad this I'm going to the pub and just walked <laughs> you out you left Anfield didn't you completely left Anfield didn't even go into a pub and watch the match I went into um, the flat iron who hasn't got tellies so just had a few pints and just waited for my mates to uh, <laughs> come out the ground and he, they all said to me why didn't you tell me you go? Because they like they sit in like other parts of the ground, so I could have dropped them. Actually, why didn't you tell me you go and had to come with you? And I would have been home more in town earlier because it was a Friday night game, I think. Yeah. So, if it comes into the game, in my view, a lot of fans will walk away. I um, I go going everywhere at Liverpool, and the the football gets in the way in a sense, and it's a social element <laughs> with your mates and. With like five, six minutes to go before half time, we'll always go up the concourse and have a, b- a beer. But if VAR comes into it, people will be going up to the concourse for a beer after 15 minutes yeah. and will not be watching the game because the board, because nobody in that ground has a clue what's going on at all. And no matter what, you won't have a clue until you get home and watch it because if there's a decision at the other end of the pitch and you can't really see it, the referee's the only one who's seen it. Or the people who were sitting in a studio somewhere, watching it on the telly. Until then, you will still not have a clue whether the decision's the right decision, the wrong decision, or if a decision needs made in, like at all. Yeah, yeah. I should walk out early now, shouldn't <laughs> I? I do that. Well, we probably teed up. We probably teed up for Wednesday night. Uh, uh, well, John, what's, what's the feelings then in the Rotherham camp? Can you go to to Everton and, and cause a shock? I think obviously anyone can beat anyone on the day. Uh, we go there. We can surprise them. Um, well, I'm just looking forward to it. It's going to be a great day. Um, as long as I enjoy it and, and um, try my best, then that's that's good enough for me. Well, just first of all, thanks very much for joining us. You know, two days great. before such a big game, and you know, giving us a real insight and what it's like as a professional yeah. football, obviously playing the championship. Enjoy Wednesday, mate. Thank you very much. And Paul, thanks for setting it up no, and, and being with us pleasure. today, mate. It was great, I really enjoyed it. Thank Hope you. you enjoyed it. Thanks nice very fun. much. Bye bye. You've been listening to an Anfield Plus podcast on the LFC Echo app.